Father, we receive light breaking forth as we go into your word. Let us be forever changed. Let Jesus alone be glorified. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Glory to God. All right, we have a new text. But just to bridge us and to be a subtle reminder that we are still discussing the kingdom, I am bringing to us again Revelation chapter 11 verse 15. If you are joining us for the very first time, I want to personally acknowledge you and welcome you absolutely confident that you will be blessed enjoy God's presence with us but I want to recommend that you make out time to revisit the previous parts in the series on the kingdom of God. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. Revelation please get your Bible settle down I can see somewhat where we have diving straight into it. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15 and the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven. What was this great noise about? It was an announcement, a proclamation that the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. Somebody say glory to God. Mm, what a time we've been having discussing the kingdom. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. How to see that kingdom. How to enter in and, and be established in that kingdom. The technology available to us. So much we've learned so far. And I don't know about you. Last week was so powerful. I've gone back. One of our brothers was sharing with me. How he has, you know, gone over and over. I want to recommend to you. I know. He, as, as the spirit of God gave me that message. I knew that. I can't hear everything the Holy Spirit said to us, even after listening 10 times. So this is me publicly telling you I'm not done with the mysteries of Zion. Loaded, loaded, loaded. All right, our text in the month of December, as we zoom in on the son of David, the kingdom, kingdom lessons from the life of King David. Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 8. Zechariah. Someone is like PD. Did you mean? Yeah, yeah. Zechariah. It's it's a book in your Bible. In your Bible. It's in the Old Testament, just in case. Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 8. It says, On that, please follow. On that day, the Lord will defend the people of Jerusalem. It says the weakest among them will be as mighty as King David. This is a prophetic word about Zion. The weakest among them will be as mighty as King David. This is an introduction to kingdom living. That as we begin to zoom in into the life of David, it's not to paint him as the mighty, untouchable, ideal standard that no one can attain to. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. He says the weakest. Wasn't it Jesus that showed up and said, of all the prophets that have been, bundle all of them together. He says the greatest of them all is John the Baptist. And even you, he's saying that at best, they, they, they peeped into the kingdom. You and I are able to enter in fully. Boy. He says the weakest amongst them. 
will be as mighty as King David. He says, and the royal descendants, you can see he's talking about the, the, the life of the kingdom, will be like God. Like the angel of the Lord who goes before them. This is, this is pure supernatural living. That's what you've been invited to. That's what I have been invited to. And I pray that this will not just remain an invitation hanging over your life, but you, your life, your entire circle will be that life of victory. Your life will be by all means, by all standards, supernatural. In the name of Jesus, and I speak by prophecy to us at KICC Canada, it will be said about us that the weakest, the weakest, the weakest, the weakest is as mighty as King David. In the name of Jesus, We've been invited to be partakers of a divine nature. This is our heritage in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So we won't do a lengthy recap just because this is a new series. Last week, we talked about Zion, an introduction to the lessons from King David about the kingdom. And I just want to read to us what we defined Zion as again, so that someone here will be spurred, charged, you know, challenged to go back and revisit and contend for Zion. We said that Zion is that prophetic church drenched in the worship of the Lamb, our King, reveling in the victory of redemption as a stronghold with the king of glory enthroned and magnified in the beauty of holiness. Glory to God. I said glory to God. As we zoom into the life of King David, there are further lessons. They are not really lessons. They are actually um, they are coded mysteries. By mysteries, I don't mean something mysterious. I mean it is... It is protected information that you've been invited to come and investigate, to see it. It's not for, for all to see as it's where at surface value. It's for the kingdom. It's for the kingdom. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Two of them we will cover this evening. By God's grace, next week we cover another two. By God's grace, let me, let me just not... <laughs> Let's follow the leading of the Spirit. Glory to God. One of the biggest, 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 biggest lessons we see from the life of King David is the mystery of worship. The mystery of worship. David entered into a very special relationship with the King of Glory and brought out a couple of revealing terrible details about this king that by all standards in an era should have been considered blasphemy please stay with us this evening stay with us this evening as far as the kingdom is concerned remember we learned that the agenda of every serious kingdom is extension and establishment extension and establishment there is, a, there, is a, there is a call to dominion. You and I have been called to rule and to reign. I'm, I'm almost doing a recap and I'm fighting it. Not as P 
peasants, not as refugees, not as visitors, not as permanent residents, not even just ordinary citizens, but to be a part of a royal family and we can make decrees. So David shows us here a very important principle. It shows us that the throne, somebody is going to be blessed this evening. It shows us that the throne of the king of glory has been designed to be mobile. You, as a part of this kingdom, can enthrone this king. And it shows us how it is done. Psalms chapter 51 Psalms chapter 51. Psalms chapter 51. Psalms chapter 51. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Psalms chapter 51, verse 15. This is David, the psalmist, speaking. It says, O Lord, open my lips. O Lord, open my lips. I think it's the, the NLT. It says that on seal unseal my mouth on it means that the default the default state is a closed mouth and sealed lips it doesn't mean you are mute but it means that in the kingdom every activity of words that is not a decree declaration prophecy or worship is considered as mute you you said nothing hmm. somebody needs to soak that in you said nothing. Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. It tells us why in verse 16. It says, for you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. It says you do not delight in burnt offering. You know, it's very easy for you to read this today and to just say, oh, wow, amazing Rev. David was deep. You, you, you really need to understand the implication of this. The order at the time was the worship of God through the medium of sacrifices, fellowship offerings, sin offerings, burnt offerings, all sorts of festivals, all sorts of rituals, killing of goats, killing of rams, killing of bulls, all to appease God. And they had a system that was in place there. Moses, the servant of God that climbed to the mountain to experience, to into a kingdom and to attempt to reproduce it here and David is saying that I'm not doubting the fact that Moses climbed up by saying there is a place also I have gone I have gone into the presence of the king of glory and I know what he delights in he asked for this but I know what he delights in the key word there is, is desire is delight this is what the king really truly wants Somebody say glory to God. You know, in the course of, of teaching kingdom dynamics, I've had to go back to listen to Understanding Priesthood Part 1 and Part 2. And I recall that one of the illustrations we gave was a new hire in a company where the, the, the instruction on ground, the instruction on ground is that you will send your weekly updates to the CEO via email. Hmm. every week that's the instruction on ground 
I have this new person who is settled in. Are you liking the company? Amazing company. Have you been sending the weekly update? So I've been sending it. Okay. And the CEO just replies, sin, received, thanks. And then someone who co-founded, glory to God, who co-founded the company with the CEO says, do you know what she really likes? He says, what do you mean by what she really likes? He says, I've been sending the updates. He says, yes, you've been sending the updates and continue to send the updates. I'm telling you, I've been here for over X number of years. I can tell you that she likes to read the updates, but really what she desires is this, this, and this, and this. Someone who has gone in is telling you this is the true delight. You, you, you know many people struggle with the fact that this, what God really wants is Zion. Hmm. Many people struggle with that fact. Let me give an example. If I said I was coming to visit you in the house, I said I was coming to visit you, and you're like, oh, wow, wow, PD is coming to my house. I have to prepare. I, have, I really have to prepare. And you just go all out. You know, you go to the most expensive restaurants in town, and you order this, this amazing chef's special boutique meal, Four course, three course, five course. The truth is you are doing a lot of work and you are spending a lot of money. But there is a better way. <laughs> there is a better way because you can spend all of that, all of those efforts which will be appreciated. Don't get David wrong. It didn't stop the burnt offerings. Glory, to, we'll get there shortly. But he says that I can tell you what the king really truly wants. You, 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 you can beat around the bush or you can strike a chord. That's really what he's saying here. Maybe I shouldn't use myself. Let me, let me not use myself. Let's use pastor. This is pastor Matthew. Pastor is visiting us in Canada. About to hold three powerful crusades. We're using the stadium. All right. Maybe Staples Center. Packed full. And then um, one of us just says, want to host the pastor in the house. I'm like, oh, okay. And I say, pastor, um, one of our members wants to host you in the house. And he says, oh, sure, by all means. And then you now start preparing, preparing. I have to make pastor welcome, which is good. You know, you can do all of those. Or you can say, PG, please, I need pastor here, Mrs. Contact. What does pastor really desire? You know, you know how much stress you can save yourself. Let me tell you, the moment he sees that you've brought what he desires, you know the first lesson, in addition to meeting that desire, is that you cared enough to seek what he truly desires. That really is the power of gift giving. Many of us think it, it's about breaking the bank for an expensive gift. Sometimes it's about you cared enough. To, to do what was most important. And David is saying here, uh, he says, I know this king. I represent this king. He put all of those things in place, but I can tell you is true the light is not these things we're doing. It says in verse 17, the real sacrifices of our God are a broken spirit, a contrite heart. It says those you will not despise. It says a, 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 a lips open by a heart that is already in posture of worship. All right. All right. So why exactly is our king obsessed with worship? Why? Why does he just want us praising him and giving him the glory? Is it because he's all powerful? Yes. 
Is it because he is eternal? Yes. Is it because there is no limit to his power? Yes. Is it because he is Jehovah? Yes. Is it because he's omniscient? He knows everything about everything. Yes. Is it because he's omnipotent? Yes. Is it because he can do all things and there is nothing he can't do? Yes. Is it because he is reliable? Yes. Is it because our fathers looked to him and their faces were not ashamed? Yes. Is it because he's faithful to his promises? Yes. Is it because he can never lie? Yes. Is it because he's mindful of you? Yes. Is it because the things you are worried about, he has gone ahead of you to settle it? Yes. But David is telling us by prophecy, in addition to all of these yeses, the king really wants his throne in this kingdom. Psalms chapter 22. It says, but you are holy. Trust in the Lord. We will have an opportunity to discuss that. That is one of the most powerful revelations in scripture. You are holy. Somebody here wants to simply stay here a bit. I won't stay here a bit. But I'll just give you a little clue. In, in case you are really hungry for this. When the angel stood before Mary and announced, he, he called the conception, the product of the Holy Spirit's intercourse, he called it that holy thing. He says, but you are holy. You will dwell I'm reading the Amplified. King James, King James does not do justice to this verse. It says, though thou inhabitest. Inhabit means I created a guest room and I'm waiting for you to come knocking. No, that's not the real idea here. The real idea is not I created a guest room for you. It's not really a guest room that he inhabits. Let's see how the Amplified renders it. Oh, you would dwell in the only place where the praises of Israel are offered. That's good. The NLT, it says, yet you are holy. You are enthroned. The whole idea of inhabiting there is that we've brought a throne here. We've created a place where kingdom can be administrated from. <laughs> David is saying, this is the secret of my life. This is what I knew that others did not know. That this worship thing is not just to make God happy. <laughs> it's not just to make him dance. Praise, and prayer moves his hand. Prayer moves his legs. Abi, how, how do we say it? <laughs> I'm not even sure. <laughs> Pardon me. Someone said, what is, what is Abi? Abi. David is saying, I've seen a mystery here. I've seen this light. That every time I am able to connect the posture of my heart with the posture of my lips and worship genuinely. Not just with songs, but with my life. That's what he talks about. He says a broken spirit. A spirit that recognizes that my worship will culminate in a song, but it doesn't begin with a song. It begins with a laid down life. For in Zion, we worship in the beauty of holiness. A life already, boy, oh boy. A life already laid down, a mouth open. Open down my lips. Unseal my mouth. He's saying that when we do this, it's not just because it makes the king happy. He says literally what he does, it does, it, it, it brings a throne. It brings a throne. It's about the kingdom. It brings a throne. It's about the kingdom. It brings a throne. Glory to God. I said glory to God. First Chronicles chapter 15. First Chronicles chapter 15. First Chronicles 14, 15. It gives us the story of how David desired to build a house for God, pending the approval to build a house. House. 
Wasn't it Solomon? Boy, oh boy. Let's just stay on track. <laughs> it says, how can we build? <laughs> the one who created everything, dwell in a building? David's, David, David in, was, was in, in, in the goodwill of his heart. Wanted to put the ark on a cart. You know how that story ended, but I'm really jumping to First Chronicles chapter 16 when they had decided to do it right. When he himself wore his clothes and danced and all Israel with him. His wife, Michal, she was streaming on YouTube. <laughs> she didn't come for in-person service. She was streaming. She was streaming. She was watching. Someone said, Pedia, you started subbing online audience. It is because it is different. It is different. It is different. As an encouragement, I'm not saying you won't be blessed. You will be. You are blessed. <laughs> glory to God. I said glory to God. So David instituted a new order. The order of Moses, the servant of God, as revealed to him by God the king, is that I want these sacrifices. David is saying, I'm not stopping the sacrifices, but I'm telling you that we will please the king and we will enthrone him. This is his real desire. First King, First Chronicles chapter 16. Let me read from verse 37. It says, and David arranged, I'm reading from the NLT, for Asaph and his fellow Levites to serve regularly before the ark of the Lord's covenant, doing whatever needed to be done each day. Daily praise and worship. There was still killing of goats and bulls, but David instituted, David arranged that in addition to these goats and bulls, which really I know by prophecy what it is about. Glory to God. David is saying here that what the king really delights in, what he remembers Zion, we are reveling in the victory of redemption. The goats and the bulls are like placeholders. They are like waiting for full redemption to be made. So David says, you won't stop it yet one day the lamb of god will be slain one day he will fulfill it in time really he has done it from the foundations of the before the foundations of the earth before time he says but there is a point in time in time that the lamb of god will be slain he says at that point we will stop the goats we will stop the bulls but there's something that won't even stop at that point it is the king's true desire my question to you does the kingdom have a throne in your house? Does the kingdom have a throne in your family? Does the kingdom have a throne in your heart? Does the kingdom have a throne in your church, in your services? Is it all vibes? Or is there a consciousness of his majesty? A broken spirit? A contrite heart? Mouths open, <coughs> unsealed? It says, David arranged for Asaph. I'm reading verse 37 for those writing. We're at First Chronicles chapter 16. It says, this group included Obed-Edom. David was really bold. David did some unthinkable things. Obed-Edom. <laughs> Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom. I can, I can imagine Aaron. Aaron shaking. Aaron shaking. Aaron is saying, this thing is for Levites. This is for Levites. David is saying, Aaron, just relax, please. No need to shake. I've seen things. Moses is saying, yeah, I, I saw it, I saw it. David is saying, I know you saw it, sir, but relax. I've, I've gone in. <laughs> Glory to God. This is what really, really, truly delights the king. 
It says in verse 39, Meanwhile, David stationed Zadok the priest and his fellow priests at the tabernacle of the Lord at the place of worship in Gideon, in Gibeon, where they continued to minister before the Lord. It says they sacrificed the regular bond offerings to the Lord each morning and evening on the altar set aside for that purpose, obeying everything written in the law of the Lord. So they, they continued the Moses order. But it says in addition to that, glory to God, verse 41, it says David also, David also appointed Eman, Jeduthun, and the others chosen by name to give thanks to the Lord. For his faithful love endures forever. So as you are cutting your bulls in Gibeon, here in Zion, we are doing praise and worship. This is where the ark is. This is where the ark is. This, this, this worship is exultant. For the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. It says they used their trumpets. They used their cymbals. They used other instruments. Let me tell you, somebody is going to write this down. Somebody is going to get this. The number one instrument of worship is the heart. It says they used their trumpets in addition to the number one instrument. The instrument of worship is not lights. The instrument of worship is not a good voice. The instrument of worship is not nice pianos and a skilled instrument and worship team. Those things are great and important. We are coming to that. The number one instrument of worship is the art. That's the real instrument that needs tuning. By virtue of my training, and you can, you can, you can Google this, I have touched the human heart. And please, I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to scare you. It, it's part of the training that we go through in medical school, we dissect the entire human body in, in part of our training on anatomy. You don't have to dissect it. You can Google it for pictures. When you look at the shape of the art, it's as though God designed it like a harp. It has strings. In, in medicine, we call it corde tendine. My anatomy prof is going to be so proud of me right now. It says, I put strings in your heart. I shaped it like a harp. Just to remind you, its primary function isn't just to pump blood. Now we are going physical a bit now. But it's, 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 it's a posture of worship. That this is the true king's delight. And it is a mechanism for making the throne mobile. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Someone is saying, P.D. Old Testament, Old Testament, what is the implication of this in the new covenant? Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. By the time Solomon would go ahead to build the temple, we had the, the, the mobile tabernacle that they carried all the way, built in the wilderness, and they brought it into the land of promise. The ark was captured in the days of Eli. Hmm. Ika, Bod. The glory departed. It says, but the, 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 I don't want to go there now. I don't want to go there now. The summary of it is that David gave clear instructions. It says, this is Zion. This is Zion. The ark will stay here. The temple activities will come and meet it when the house is built. David really desired to build it. But God said, no, too much blood. Maybe we will talk about the implications of that someday. Someday, maybe, if the Spirit of the Lord permits us. 
And then the Bible tells us that Solomon ensured that everything from the, from the, 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 the exact template. You know, I read somewhere today that if you want to reproduce the temple of Solomon in today's world, it will be a project that will run in, I think, I, I'm not sure the number, I saw about three trillion US dollars today. It says, in accordance with the commandment of Moses, the servant of God, they instituted all the temple worship. And in accordance with the ordinance of David, the servant of God, glory to God, he, he, he installed praisers, worshippers, that were declaring, for the Lord is good. Morning, the Lord is good. Afternoon, for the Lord is good. Evening, for the Lord is good. Night, for the Lord is good. Wake up again and do it again. On stringed instruments, ten strings, all sorts of pipes, all sorts of chauffeurs, all sorts of trumpets, anything, everything. First with the right first instrument. And then using tools to exultantly magnify our king. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. This sounds like the instructions of David. He's saying that there's the sacrifice of bulls. There's the sacrifice of goats as a parallel. But in the new covenant, all of those were pointing to the one legit sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ. He says, having done that, we continue to sing about what he has done. We do not sing about the, the, the situations. We sing about the victory over that situation. We do not sing and say, oh, sickness has come. Oh, death has come. Oh, a recession has come. Oh, a pandemic has come. Oh, will there be another lockdown? We are singing in Zion. Our focus is to revel in the victory of redemption. We have a song on our lips. Our lips are open here. We are not quiet people. A, a true believer, irrespective of temperament, you, you just can't be quiet. I'm not saying loud and noisy. You can't be quiet. Your lips are opened, unsealed. It says we'll do it continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hebrews 13, 15. Giving thanks to his name. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Let it sink in. Let it sink in. The king ensured. He gave you. By a royal decree, the ability to have a throne, a throne right there where you are. A throne in your heart. A heart whose posture is already worship. And then the lips following suits, declaring his goodness. Someone is saying, are you really this much out of tune with what is going on? Can't you see what is going on? <laughs> you know, it was the other couple of Sundays ago when my wife preached about shouts of joy. And she just made a line in passing. Tribulations upon tribulations, but nobody can tell. It's not because we've learned to bottle things. It's because we know Zion. We know Zion. Experientially, we know Zion. His praises will continually, there will never be. You have someone saying, how do you live such a life? Enter in. <laughs> Don't just see. Enter in. Glory to God. So, the number one revelation from the life of David is the mystery of worship. As the king's delights and as the technology for his throne to be established. The number two revelation 
And this is, we'll, we'll pick up next week with number three. Boy, I am just so excited, grateful to God for bringing us this amount of light. Because as we cross over into the new year, for some, this is really going to be the very first time that you will be deliberate about 365 days of complete Zion. No complaint, no murmur. I'm not saying things will happen. Things, things will, things, happenings will happen. All right, life will life, but Zion must Zion. Glory to God. For some, this is the very first time that you are making the commitment. It will be continually. It will be continually. The, the lamb has prevailed. He has prevailed. The lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. There will be thrones here. Thrones and thrones. Establishment of dominions. It will be here. Glory to God. Number one, worship. Number two, warfare. Warfare. The life of David is a reminder to the believer in the new covenant. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. You know, we have a, a, one of the longer series we did was prayer series. And God gave us this wisdom also to break it down. So you won't see part 15 or part 20 in that series. But there was a month we dedicated to spiritual warfare. I want to heavily recommend it to you. Heavily recommend it to you. It will bless you. It will bless you. Hmm. David teaches us that for the child of God in this kingdom, defeat is not an option. The only person that can have that, this is not now head confidence. I can never, no, no, no. He knows it deep down. You can wake David in the middle of the night and tell him Israel's army lost. <laughs> I'm sure in his dream, in his subconscious state, he will laugh. He will say, not possible. <laughs> I was going to say it in another language. Not possible. He understood that warfare in this kingdom is an opportunity to demonstrate victory. Somebody needs to write that down. Contention, adversity, is a, is a chance to write a new chapter, a new story, to write a new song. I am really telling you, this is how this man, the, the Spirit of God is opening it up to us now. This is really how we thought and lived this life. If we went to the court of public opinion, and you want to compare what Saul did and what David did, I don't know who did worse things, but somebody knew Zion. Somebody knew Zion. Somebody did not. And the second lesson, the second revelation is that in this kingdom, in life, battle is sure. But in this kingdom, victory is guaranteed. And if you believe there is no warfare, you are, you are, already, <laughs> you are, you are already garnished, flavored. You are, you are already barbecued. I'm just fine. I won't touch the devil. If I don't touch him, he won't touch me. And that teaching will bless you. We talked about the extremes. It will bless you. Spiritual warfare part one. Spiritual warfare part two, I believe. The weapons of our warfare. Spiritual warfare part three. The double-edged sword. And then we, we did question and answer on spiritual warfare. It will bless you. It's all there. Free. On all platforms. Second Samuel chapter three. Second Samuel chapter three. Um, let me pick one of the verses that I think I read, verse 2, verse 3. There's an, there's an interesting thought there. It says, now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David waxed 
stronger and stronger and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. This is the sincerely, this is the posture of the believer in the kingdom. I am going, remember, as they appear before him in Zion. Each one goes from strength to strength. There is no adversity. There is no battle that the believer faces that defeat is an option. It is not an option. It is not there. This is, all right. First Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17. This is a very, this is a kid's favorite. The moment they hear David and Goliath, they're so happy and they jump, you know. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good story. But it's beyond being a good story, it's loaded with life and with light for the believer. It says in verse 26, now remember, according to the Levitical instruction, young men below the age of 20 had no business joining the army. David was waiting expectantly just to cross the age and be a part of the army. So he had been sent here to do Uber Eats or skip the dishes. <laughs> and he heard something that couldn't sit with someone who knew Zion. Someone who had thrones in the wilderness, thrones in the house. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. And David spoke to the men that stood by him. He was hearing some things that didn't resonate with Zion. That we will be defeated. That we're embarrassed. That there's nobody to speak. <clears throat> that the people are waking up and they are shaking. There's nobody singing praises to the king. He says Saul had left the ark of covenant. He had abandoned it. And he was expecting victory. Thou kiddest. So David said, what shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine? Can you can, just think about it? In David's mind, Goliath was dead. He was already calculating what happens after. Child of God, can you allow the spirit to work on your mind enough for you to see that yes, there is warfare. But what is more true is that for you, the child of God, if you will arise in the fullness of the stature of Christ and you will take your position and you enforce your victory, you enforce your victory, which is what warfare we show up to be tools by the king of glory to display the strength of his kingdom. So there is war. There is battle. We fight. But we never wonder who will win. We always win. Glory to God. This is the, this is the consciousness for the believer. The, you, your, your disposition already shows defeat and fear. You've run here. Oh, Father, Father, Father. You've run here. You've run there. I am not sure. That, we don't do that in Zion. Zion thrones established. It says what will be done. It says there is reproach in Israel. Somebody has to take it away. For who is this now? This is what David is really saying. This battle looks physical, but really this is spiritual warfare. It says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Immediately, David drew the line as, he says, this is not a physical battle. This is spiritual warfare. I, believe, I, 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 I really, really hope that believers will step up to this. You are no longer analyzing things by the surface. You can pick it. You can pick it. This is a tiny discouragement, but this is spiritual warfare. It says that it should defy the armies of the living God. It was not talking about the folks that were shaking in fear. It was talking about a consignment to kingdom ambassadors. Glory to God. A delegation of a spiritual emissary that the ones who know Zion know that there is deliverance here and we don't lose battles here. 
Is somebody seeing this? Precious Holy Spirit, can you, can, you, can, you, can, you, can you zoom this light that your children will see it? We've been called to victory. So David said to Saul, I've jumped to verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. He says, your servant will go fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, he says, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. Well, you are right, physically. For thou art but a youth, physically, yes. And he, a man of war from his youth, physically, yes. Verse 36, David looked at, at Saul. He said, oh king, you, you think this is a physical battle? There's nothing physical about this. He says that your servant both slew the lion and the bear. He says, this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Can you see what David is saying here? David is saying, I've developed a, a, a diary of victories. He said, this one will just line up. It will li lion, bear, line up. Let me tell you the, 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 the instruction here. It means when David was taking care of sheep and he saw a lion coming, it was in fear that came out of his heart. It was in fear. David literally saw the lion and said, wow, I'm going to write a new song. I'm going to write a new song. I know I didn't die. <laughs> and I know this sheep committed to me didn't die also. That means it's the lion that died. Oh, glory to God. And he begins to write about the greatest lion, the one that gives victory. He begins to write songs in the night. Child of God, this, this whole idea, we have misunderstood adversity. We have misunderstood challenges. We have taken it as an opportunity to question our God. Not knowing that we are supposed to reverse the other. And we are, we are just going to smile and say, wow, another journal of God's testimony. Another email I'm about to send to testify at KICC Current. Another song. I might not have a good voice. I might not have piano backup. I might not even be able to sing it publicly. But David is saying that I have private songs. I've written about lions. I've written about bears. I didn't cry about them. I didn't complain about them. I didn't sulk about them. I took them as opportunities for Zion. He says this one is going to line up. And I pray for you under the sound of my voice as the light, the, the, the revelation of Zion begins to burst forth in your heart that you also begin to have a diary of victories, a journal of victories, a journal of testimonies daily in the name of Jesus. As we get ready to cross over into the new year, it will be from glory to glory to glory, from glory to glory to glory, victory to victory to victory to victory in the name of Jesus. Saul knew that there's something this young man knows. That the generals, the lieutenants, the captains, the ones with five ranks, five stars, all sorts, there's something this, this young boy knows that those ones don't know. He was so sure. I don't know what you know, <laughs> but we'll take the risk. Let me, let me contribute my armor. David, David said, you don't get it. This battle is spiritual. Verse 37. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And said, David, and said Saul unto David, go, the Lord be with thee. Hmm. For no one doeth these things except the Lord be with thee. In this kingdom, 
in Zion, the king is here. The king is here. I, I suspect David wrote a song in advance. I suspect it. He wrote a song in advance. In this kingdom, it's called the songs of the night. You are as broke as broken can be. And you are writing songs about the God of abundance. You are writing about God helped you to sponsor kingdom projects. I'm telling you the attitude of victory. He wrote a song in advance. He wrote about the, this giant helmet that only fits giant heads. And he's probably writing that humans have not seen something this big. But the only helmet bigger than this is the helmet of the commander of the host of heaven's forces. The one who delivers. The one who I can run to. And he's writing lovely sounds. I'm sure he had pictured the, the, the statue of this giant and he didn't even see it. He had written in advance. He had praised in advance. The enemy has come. With its, its, its noise. With looking towering and, and magnifying his height. Saying, calm down. <laughs> calm down you you end as a testimony calm down and the doctors are shaking we are sorry to inform you <laughs> doctor i appreciate you and the work you're doing you don't have to be just do your work and let me go face the real thing and you sing about it the gods that heals cancer the gods that reverses diabetes the one who cures hypertension you've sung about it in advance you begin to rejoice in zion you begin to press in there Verse 42. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, it says he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. <laughs> Goliath said, is this, a, is this what's going on here, Saul? Israel, we are not here for, for beauty pageant. We are not doing most, most handsome man. You guys don't get it. This is war. He says, well, we have a representative of Zion. So look at, look at, just look at what Goliath says in verse 43. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves, with, with, with a sling? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Can you see that Goliath went spiritual first <laughs> before he went physical? And David picked it. He said, now that you want to do God to God, you have, you have, you have arrived at the real battlefield. Glory to God. You have, you have just arrived at the real battlefield. You brought, you cursed me with Dagon fish. You, 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 you cursed me with, 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 this, your, with, with this, your small things. He says, come experience the God of Zion. He says, ah, you've, you've now taken the battle. There were people, there fields there. They didn't know that this really was spiritual. Then said David to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. It says this day, David is now reciting a line from his song. It says this day, I will deliver you into my hand. Such audacity. It says, I will smite you, take your head from you, and give it to the carcasses of the host of the Philistines. This day, unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Forget the fact that we have, we have, we have a weak army. 
We have a crowd of empty, weak, that don't even know left from right. He says, forget that fact. God is raising a new breed, a new generation of people that know Zion, a new generation of people that will not take this embarrassment from the pit of hell, that will not explain the supernatural and say, well, God is done doing miracles. He's saying, no, 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 no. We have a weak crowd. Don't call them that army. They are a misrepresentation. But boy, is God raising a new generation? Is God raising a new army that will take the battle to the gates and say, you can't you can't defy the God of Zion. He's victorious. Deliverance shall arise out of Zion. Upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. There's possession of possessions. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. He says, you're coming with sword. Does that not sound like 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4? The weapons of our warfare. They are not carnal. I have sword, <laughs> but don't be deceived. Don't think it's the sword. I have sling. The spirit will walk through something, but don't be deceived. Our weapons are not carnal. They are mighty through God. We talked about six weapons in that teaching. It will bless you. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. David teaches us warfare is spiritual. Victory is guaranteed for Zion. For Zion. For Zion. Victory is guaranteed. If there's anything you want to learn from David, he had the consciousness that I am representing a physical army, but the real army is a supernatural army. And I will always get instruction from the commander. If the commander says physical, go first. Physical, we go first. If the commander says physical, hold on. I want to brag a bit. I want to show off. So shall it be. Brag on. And angels get into action. Glory to God. We have one of such documentations in First Chronicles chapter 14. First Chronicles chapter 14. First Chronicles chapter 14. I read very quickly from verse 11. It says, So they came up to Baal Perazim, and David smote them there, smote wood there. These same Philistines had heard that David is now king over all Israel. People were sending congratulatory messages. It's just the same way. Not everybody celebrates your joy and your promotion. Some were saying, oh, congratulations. The Lord has done it finally. The Philistines gathered and said, let's catch him. They are, they are, they are still rejoicing. They are still dancing. Let's strike him fast. <laughs> David said, you, don't, you guys don't learn your lessons. That I, know that I know the secret place. I know Zion. I know the power of the blood. I know the power of the name of Jesus. I know the power of praise. It says, then David said, God has broken in upon my enemies by mine hand like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore, they called the name of that place Baal Perazim. It says, and when they had left their gods there, David gave a commandment and they were burned with fire. You will think that these guys will walk away. No, remember? The warfare continues. The house of David gets stronger and stronger, and stronger, and stronger, and stronger. It says the weakest of them will be as mighty as King David. Glory to God. We're going to talk about this again. David, recent instruction, recent victory. Another challenge. David didn't say, I have recent instruction. He went for fresh instruction. We'll get to that. It says, then David inquired again of God. This is how we live in Zion. This is how we live in Zion. And God said unto him, go not up after them. The same God who said go after them. You, you can see the king really wants to, wants to, wants to stunt. 
<laughs> he wants to show off. And he's looking for real ambassadors of Zion that will allow him to show, show off. Show off. He wants, to, he wants to use different mysteries and use your life. Today, he just wants to show favor. He wants to, he wants to scatter you with favor. Tomorrow, he wants to scatter you with restoration. Next, tomorrow, he just wants to raise strange divine helpers. He says, don't insist on how I will move. Get enthrone me. Enthrone me. Be instructed. Verse 15 is instructive. I'm, I'm, I'm happy scripture documented is David knew this. The more you read his songs, the more you study his confidence, he knew this. Verse 15, and it shall be that when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees, these ones don't walk on land, glory to God. He says this supernatural army assigned to you that you've been going to battle with, that they've been fighting the invisible, he says, Zion wants to show off a little bit. Let's just allow them march for you to hear. Glory to God. We just trust to hear a bit. He says, wait for that sign. Let them march first. He says, that then thou shalt go out to battle. For God is gone forth before thee, before thee, to smite the host of the Philistines. He says, David therefore did as God commanded him. And they, they, so the question now, who is they? <laughs> who is the, is it David and his guys? Or this invisible supernatural army that is a consignment to Zion. It's, it's a deployment. Wherever the throne is, the deployment shows up. God is in a mist. Glory to God. It says the fame of David went out into all the lands. It was David's fame spreading, but David knew how true victory comes. And I speak by prophecy over your life that the Lord has gone ahead of you. In the name of Jesus, child of God, you have no reason to fear. You have no reason to fear. You have no reason to fear. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hmm. Psalms chapter 18. Psalms chapter 18. Maybe we'll make this our meditation at Edifice tomorrow. Psalms chapter 18. Just look at the mechanism of victory. I read from verse 28. For thou will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. He's saying, I saw the lion coming. That was an invitation to darkness, an invitation to fear. God, is this how I end? My brothers don't even know where I am. My father doesn't know where I am. Is this how this bear will just, they will just find my body gone and sheep devoured? Is this how it ends? He says, there was an invitation to darkness. He says, but God brought light and said, no, David, sing a new song. You are going to write about how you defeated the bear. You are going to write about you defeated the lion. This Philistine will become a, a, a part of a list of victories. It says, for by thee, glory to God, for by thee. He said, I am not alone. This is the consciousness of those in Zion. I am not alone. For by thee, I have run through a troop. By my God, I have leaped over a wall. Hmm. It says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girds me with strength. Is giving us here the workings of victory. It is God that girds me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the hind's feet. Sets me upon my high places. It teaches my hands to war. Because sometimes the king wants this physical army to, to look as though is the, 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 the spiritual army is walking through the physical army. So it teaches us to war. 
so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. As the year begins to wind off and people begin to get in a lot of feelings, child of God, don't go that feeling route again. Go Zion route and make it established. It's worth contending for. Established as a stronghold. Here we worship. There is a throne established here. Here we do warfare, but really, just in case you think we are struggling, sweating, no. We do victory here. What we do here is victory. We understand the presence, the consignment of a supernatural army assigned to the inhabitants of Zion. And we know that it is deliverance that takes place here. It is singing, it is rejoicing. Here we shout for the Lord is good. Somehow that proclamation sets angels into motion, sets a supernatural army deployed for the Lord is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The weakest of them will be as mighty as King David. Their princes will be as God. What a privilege. What a privilege. What a privilege. And I want to speak by prophecy. One more verse of scripture. Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah chapter 33. I read verse 10 and verse 11. This, I, I almost just left it at Psalms 18, but this is a word for someone. I receive it. Maybe it is a word for me. I believe it might be for someone under the sound of my voice. What a God. What a king. What a God. What a king. What a God. What, come on, so where, wherever you are, just raise your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Someone wants to bust out in the language of this kingdom and release in the language of the spirits. Someone else just wants to shout, for the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 10 and verse 11 as we bring this evening's service to a close. Thus saith the Lord. This is not just scripture reading now. This is a prophecy, direct word of prophecy to the destiny of someone under the sound of my voice. It says again, again, there shall be heard in this place, this place that men have looked at and laughed. They have called it desolate. They said no man yet, no beast, nothing is happening there. It says even the cities of Judah in the streets of Jerusalem that look desolate without man, without inhabitants, that business that looks without customers, that life that looks without destiny, without testimonies that destiny that looks as though nothing is happening it says to announce to you i'm on verse 11 now it says the voice of joy come on is that the best you've got I, i'm expecting someone to say a resounding amen that your neighbors will need to wonder if all is well it says the voice of joy the voice of gladness the voice of bridegroom the voice of the bride KICC, can you hear me in 2022 get ready for marriages get ready for baby dedications get ready for house warmings warmings <laughs> glory to god all these are kingdom tools this is the mentality of the kingdom even the marriage is kingdom the children is kingdom the houses kingdom the increase all kingdom it says the voice of them that shall say praise the lord of hosts can you see it for the lord is good for his mercy endures forever and of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise can you see it into the house of the lord 
those that will remember to share to share their testimonies and send it to testify so that we can give God glory and somebody there who is being feeble in Zion can receive strength and say okay I'm going to shake myself now I, I, I now know I now know God is faithful not like I, I, I didn't know I'm, I am reminded it says for I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first saith the Lord the voice of joy the voice of gladness the voice of them that make merry why don't you just say thank you Jesus what a life I've been invited to the life of the kingdom made possible by Jesus the son of David thank you for victory thank you for the privilege to worship you in the beauty of holiness to declare that the Lord is good to declare that his mercies endure forever thank you for teaching our hands to war thank you for a diary a journal of victory thank you for back to back to back to back victory thank you for the current giants facing us we were almost scared we were almost acting like those fake, those fake generals on the field, saying this is a giant, not seeing that this really, this really is an invitation to write a new song. This really is an invitation to, to, to journal a new entry of victory that the enemy raised his head again, and God gave victory again and again and again and again. Glory to God. The Lion of Judah, I remember that song, has broken every yoke. He has given us the victory again and again and again and again. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Before I bring this service to a close, I want to pray with someone. You are saying, what kind of life is this? This is life in the kingdom. This is, this is, <laughs> this is normal level in Zion. It says, if you are going to see it, you have to be born again. If you are going to participate in it, you need the washing of the word and the spirit I want to pray with you you know you are not born again you know you are not born again or you made this decision some time ago and you know nothing happened or you've gone far you've allowed discouragement you've allowed the giants to shake confidence out of you and now you know you are not even a believer you are far from a believer it's not to push away or to judge you this is an invitation that the king is interested in you and he wants you back ASAP. Now, right, see, today, right now is the day of salvation. I want to pray with you. His arms are wide open. Someone is saying, PD, you don't know how far I've gone. You don't know what I've gotten my hands into. Well, do you know what he's gotten his hands into? He dipped in the blood. It was a perfect sacrifice. He says that my blood is enough for you. Come live the life of victory. Come live the life of victory. Come live. It's an invitation. It has your name on it. If you would say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking my place in the grave. Thank you because the grave could not hold you down. You rose victorious, triumphant on the third day. This moment, I say yes to your will. I say yes to your way. I confess you as Lord and Savior over my life. Thank you for pulling me out of darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you for writing my name in you, Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you, Father, because it is done. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Please let me pray with you, Father. Thank you for your sons, your daughters at the altar this evening. 
all, all those connecting afterwards, making this big, bold decision, the best decision anyone can make to become a part of your kingdom. I ask, Father, they will be established in your grace. There will be a supply of your spirit that they will love, serve you forever. They will become giants, commanders in this kingdom. In the name of Jesus, their life will be proof that the kingdom life is true. It is real. In the name of Jesus, thank you, gracious Father. We celebrate your majesty. We give you all the glory. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Come on, if you can, wherever you are, for an amazing time in God's word, for amazing testimonies that follow, for light breaking forth, for souls added into the kingdom. Come on, if you can, jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.